In today's social media-saturated world, it's easy to think that the living out of our faith in Jesus is about performing metrics, likes, connections, influence, platform. Is that what Jesus envisioned for his followers? We're talking about it this morning with Pastor John Stark, and his book is titled The Secret Place of Thunder. John Stark is the lead pastor at Apostles Church Uptown and lives with his wife, Jen, and four children in New York City. He's the author of The Possibility of Prayer, Finding Stillness with God in a Restless World, as well as the book we're talking about, The Secret Place of Thunder. And good morning, John. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, appreciate you being here. So let's talk about, first of all, John, why do we feel that we need to live up to others' expectations? Yeah, I mean, that's a good question. It's not a new problem. Right. This seems to even back in the first century, seem to think that we have an impulse towards performing our righteousness before others. But I think there is a, a sort of a, a new modern version of that. And I think the, the reason why we feel that impulse is we've been formed, I think, in some ways by our culture mm. to do that, whether it's more of a subconscious thing or not. Uh, we, we do live in a performative culture, a, a way in which we've been taught that the most important parts of you are things that are to be displayed mm-hmm. show and so i i think probably more of us have been formed by that uh, cultural influence than, than we think mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah so john before we go any farther i've been really curious about why you titled this book the secret place of thunder what's the meaning behind the title <laughs> Uh, the phrase comes from Psalm 81, and it's a, it's a psalm about the Israelites who were enslaved, and they cried out, the Bible says, and in Psalm 81, it claims that the, the Lord heard their cries. He heard them from the, the secret place of thunder. I think for me, it has a little bit of a personal um, reason behind it. Uh, several years back, uh, 2015, 2016, in my own personal life, I experienced a pretty extended season of depression mm. and a sort of confusion. I had sort of experienced some, probably some not, uh, moral failure, so to speak, but just wasn't really living up to where I thought I, I should be performing and living and acting and um, maybe experience some embarrassment. And I remember just this long extended season of, of depression during that time and just sort of wondering and being confused about it and opening my Bible one morning in Psalm 81. And at the end of Psalm 81, there's this promise um, that God says to the Israelites, if you, if you turn away from idols and come to me, open your mouth wide and I will fill it. Mm. And uh, I just remember just longing for that to be true. Mm. Whenever God was promising Israel, um, I just, I wanted it. And I don't know what it means for me to open my mouth wide, but I was just longing for that and just asking for that. And I think in that moment, um, and I I don't quite know how to explain it, other than I I do think the Lord really met me in that moment. and he answered my prayers. And, you know, I don't think that season of depression ended immediately. It's still um, 
still a, a, a bit more to that. But it, that passage sort of functioned like a witness to me that um, my outward display of uh, the good life, it wasn't there. Um, I felt pretty diminished, mm-hmm. um, humiliated in some ways. But the Lord met me in that secret place of thunder and um and and really satisfied me mm-hmm. and I, I think in some ways it's been a long lasting witness um that i i can i can sense the good life i can sense the goodness of the lord um in that secret place and it's more satisfying and less fragile mm-hmm. than what we're reaching for in a performative life yeah mm-hmm. That's John Stark. He has written Secret Place of Thunder. And along those lines, John, I'm thinking of that person who feels trapped in a way. Um, and when I say that, if you mean feel trapped in um, the ways of the world and feeling that they have to perform, and um, but they want to live the life that God wants them to live and who he wants them to be. Um, can you give them some encouragement today or at least some idea of what you, how you kind of are God worked in your life? Yeah. I mean, I think there is some way there needs to be an acceptance of that the world in which we live in, um, incentivizes a performative life. Um, and, and so for us to go against that, Mm -hmm is to really feel sort of like the sand in the gears right? Um, and to feel a sense of loss that, that we aren't going to be, um, you know, there's a, there's a narrative in the world that says you don't need to prove yourself. And if you don't prove yourself then you'll prove to the world that they, that they can't live without you or something like that, you'll, yeah. you'll prove your importance. But oftentimes actually, if you don't try to prove yourself to the world, they will overlook you and dismiss you and ignore you. Mm-hmm. And that's the scary part of resisting that performative life is that you, you do feel that. So I think in some ways is to encourage people to recognize that there is a cost to that, and it's worth it, but there is a cost. And then the, I think there's probably some some ordinary steps of, of beginning to intentionally practice some spiritual habits, whether it's prayer or fasting or even giving to the poor. And those are the three major um, spiritual practices that Jesus talks about in the Sermon on the Mount. And he talks about doing those things in a way that the world doesn't see. Mm. You know, when you're fasting, don't pretend like you're miserable or don't, don't act like you're miserable. Actually wash your face and look like you're doing just fine. The, the point of that is to practice those things primarily for someone who sees the heart, and which is God. And and there's a, that the small, I call them small crucifying steps, that you're, you're doing things primarily not to be seen. And I think in some some of that is it exposes how much actually we do in order to be seen. And um, I, I think that in, intentional resistance of that and intentionally doing things in secret has some small crucifying 
power to it along the way. And it just start, starts to sort of reform you in the way that the world has formed us without us knowing that we were intentionally sort of reforming our hearts towards being okay, not being seen outwardly, but being seen quietly and, and secretly with the Father. Mm-hmm. Um, so. That's really good. So, John, as you were talking about doing things, it just jumped into my mind that sometimes it's just about giving our opinion. Do we have to feel like we always have to have <laughs> yeah. an opinion in everything? Yeah. You know, how can we step off the stage, really? Are there some tips for us how to do that, you know, when we're in community? community with others just you know get off the platform i guess yeah yeah and i i think there's probably again just some awareness that there is something in us that feels like we need to even whether we practice these things or not to to make sure we're always on the right side we're expressing things that are always on the right side of history or we're um, we're saying the right terms in the right way, and mm-hmm. that's a sort of uh, performative righteousness, right? We're we're able to say the right things, be the right things, and do the right things. Um, and instead, there there seems to be seems to give a lot of potency for for quiet and stillness and silence, um, and being slow to speak and quick to listen. Mm. And there's a power to that, you know, mm-hmm. Psalm or Proverbs 10, I think it's 10, 19 or 10, 18, you know, with, with many words comes much transgression. Yes. <laughs> so, um, and, and there's something to that, mm-hmm. that um, there is probably more righteousness and, and listening. There's more righteousness and not expressing yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's, there's more sin with more words. And there's some wisdom in that of of keeping a, a quiet heart. There's something about a quiet m- mouth that mm. says something about the heart. And it doesn't mean there there aren't times to speak and to confront and to declare. Um, but is, is it, you know, what's characteristic of your heart is, I think, is what Jesus is more concerned about. I think in some ways, sometimes our speaking expresses more of our anxiety than our wisdom, and, and probably being aware that we're oftentimes very anxious in those moments um, where we feel like we have to express our opinions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, and um, that's you know, Jesus insight. invites us to mm-hmm. rest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Amen. Well, I mean, social media, I know, is another one of those fuels, if you will, uh, for us that can help make us feel that we need to prove ourselves. Uh, And it can be a trap, that's for sure. And so if, you know, how would you counsel someone that's caught in that trap, you know, of the whole social media, I look at me, you know, this is my life, which is not really true. (laughs) I think there's something in us. Again, where social media is probably the most low, lowest hanging fruit of this problem. It's probably not the heart, but it definitely exposes the heart of yeah. the problem. Um, I remember doing some counseling um, with a with a marriage in our church, and um, the wife had to confess being angry with her husband because 
he almost posted a picture of her in their kitchen when their kitchen didn't display at that point the kind of success that they thought they should be having at that mm. point. Wow. And, you know, as, as maybe superficial as that sounded, it, it was remarkable how much self-awareness she was able to have in that moment and, mm. and repent of that. Mm. But there's something to her, I think, that she saw is that what social media and maybe specifically Instagram and things like that, um, it's trying to, to sh- show you what the good life is yeah. and how you can participate in it. You can have a certain kind of kitchen, you know, with, with certain kind of countertops and it's clean and it's beautiful. And it's, it's meant to be able to show the world I'm doing okay. Mm-hmm. I've, I've had a certain level of success and, you know, we all desire and crave that comment that says, oh, I want your life, <laughs> you know, and, and, you know, once we get that comment, we feel like we've, we've arrived, we've come to a place where we have an admirable life and it's very fragile. It's very empty. And I do think people who have, well, I mean, in every study is showing this is, people who kind of depend on their sense of self for those comments, mm-hmm. you know, um, have become deeply fragile. Yeah. And so there's a, there's probably some wisdom in having regular times away from that. Yes. You know, um, Bono, the lead singer of U2, he just released um, a memoir and he says in there somewhere, um, there's something wrong with me when I don't feel normal until I hear 20,000 people screaming my name. Mm. And now mm. none of us are, none of us are probably going to have 20,000 people screaming our name. <laughs> yeah. But there's some version of that where yeah. I'm not going to feel normal huh. until I have a certain amount of likes or certain kinds of comment or certain kinds of portrayal of, of an admirable life for people so right. that they can see that I'm doing okay. And, you know, I, I think Jesus called us to, and there, you need to turn from that. Uh, that can't be the fundamental expression of your life. His fundamental expression of your life must primarily and firstly be in that secret place with the Father. And then, of course, Jesus says, you know, he doesn't contradict himself then by saying, you know, uh, l- let the world see your good works to glorify the Father. Right. But that has to primarily come from that seedbed, from that secret place, or else we're just going to be glorifying ourselves. That is. Well, it's a great read called Secret Place of Thunder, and uh, Pastor John Stark is the author and our guest today. John, so good to spend time with you today. Thanks so much for your heart and for, for sharing that with us today. Thanks for being here.